0: the process of, of becoming a college? How uh, do you have sort of a rough idea of, sort of a roadmap or how that's going to take us there really?
1: So there are steps that have to be fulfilled um, and we've made the announcement making it very clear that the, the first phase is engagement and, and again engagement is absolutely key in terms of determining the time scale and also determining how some of those steps take place however to become a college we we are going to have to make an application to the Privy Council and the Privy Council is is a as you would imagine a a, a significant organization with a long history it likes a lot of evidence and it likes a lot of information and and its focus is very much on on us providing it with the appropriate information to allow it to make a judgment to allow us to become a college, because as far as it's concerned, when it when it gives us permission to become a college, we become self regulating we become autonomous we become and and that means that we have to be able to demonstrate some key criteria for them. So, so that process. Which will come in the end with them saying yes, you can become a college, or no, you cannot become a college, is actually a, a, a number of steps and hurdles that we are now starting to start work to go over and through and across to making the 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 point at which which they will make the decision as to whether or not we can do this. Um, so we'll have to have some evidence around finance. We'll have to have some evidence around our membership in terms of the. The, the sort of training and what our role is and, and how we we work in the public interest. And to be honest, they're all items that are within our strategic aims anyway. So if you go onto the faculty website, can you look at what our strategic aims? Our four strategic aims very much link into the sort of evidence that the Privy Council will be examining when it makes that decision. So, so we're starting from the point of saying, we need to do the engagement initially so that we can make that application much clearer to them in in terms of this, this is what we're asking you for permission for. Um, A lot of people will, I mean, I know I've seen it on Twitter, you know, something, what are we going to be called? You know, is it going to be a building? Is it not going to be a building? I mean, mean, those things, it's kind of fun, isn't it? When you see people discussing on Twitter what we're going to call ourselves. But the bottom line is, you know they are they are not the things that they will be focusing on and we have to get right the detail of those things that they will be focusing on which might seem a little bit odd to some people you know when we're when at this stage not so worried about what we call ourselves Uh,
2: i think it's um there's there's this side of you know we, we we've made we make an announcement and that, that immediately raises expectations as danny's sort of laid out that those steps that we have to, to go through the engagement the dealing with the finances presenting an argument to the privy council these things take time and and so we need to be careful with the expectations of the time frame in which we we get there I think if we try to rush it too much, there'll be too much. Con- there'll be a lot of conflict, and um, we need to engage with other with uh, with uh, everyone. Um, and that's just that's just not just doctors in training, ICM trainees. Um, that's also with uh, the College of Anesthetists, College of Physicians, Intensive Care Society. We, we there are people that we need to engage with to get to you know, to get to the point at which we can present a good argument. What to get to college status so I think we need to be careful about raising expectations too much about the time frame um but but if you don't make the announcement we won't go anywhere we need to to set the process starting properly although an awful lot has been done before uh, there's still a you know a, quite a long way to go before we actually get there
1: yeah and I just I mean I keep hammering the point home but the, the engagement is the, really the next key step because from that, so much else flows. So the more we can get people to engage with us, when when we start doing that, the more information we get back from them, the more our, you know, the more thoughts. It, it it just makes the whole process much clearer because we have an idea of what we think should be happening, but without that engagement, um, it, it's going to be very very difficult to make it happen.
2: Yeah, i think that's i mean that is so important isn't it with the actually you know we're we're nearing the end of our careers <laughs> so unfortunately um, speak
1: for yourself
2: <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, you know you're at the beginning of yours and um, but the college will be yours to in it will be your college um and you want it shaped in a manner in which you believe it should be shaped and, you, and we can't do that without engagement. And a college in the 21st century does not need to have Grecian columns, ionic columns outside um, and pictures, you know, oil paintings hanging inside with busts all over the place. That's not what a 21st college is going to be like. Uh, so the the importance of IT set up uh, where it's, you know, how much do you need, how much of a physical building do you actually need? How much impact on the environment do we, you know, can we cut our carbon footprint right down for the 21st century? That these these things are uh, really are important in how we you know how we want a college to develop. And we need your we need your voice. You know, our ICM trainees are the backbone of the, of the of the of the faculty now, and they will be the backbone of the college.
1: Well, well some of them will be the future deans and vice yeah. deans and the board so yeah. you know we can't we can't fetter future leaders with 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 decisions that that don't work for the future now
0: and um, so you talk about um, engagement and how important it is and that's it's, it's fantastic to hear. really how i suppose how do we as members of the faculty, how do we how do we get engaged? How will we will be how will we be engaged in the process?
1: So there will be a number of things that will be happening. Um, in the short term, if anybody's got anything they want to say, there's there's the generic FICM inbox, which is contact at ficum.ac.uk. We're very, very happy to have people just email us comments at this stage. That's absolutely fine. And and then we will be starting work um, in terms of looking at at more public engagement, which will be around initially in the short term, we're engaging with our committees and our members of our committees to try and get some feedback from them. And then in the new year, we'll be looking at more direct um, engagement in probably in terms of specific questions that we'll be asking people Um, so at this stage we're very willing to take from people whatever they want to say to us as general comments but I think we have to start the engagement with with specific questions in in terms of saying this is where we're at this is what we think is this right and if it and if it's not right what what should it be
0: um, so, as a member, what sort of differences am I likely to to see as the as the faculty becomes a college, either kind of along the way or, or at the end, really?
1: Yeah. Um, I I think one of the things again is with the making the public statement is the recognition from the people around us that we're on this journey. So again, the importance of consulting us about things that affect us rather than perhaps consulting is maybe after a bit further down the line or thinking about things so that will the mere fact that we've made this announcement will mean that we will be consulted more about things that may be not directly impact on us at this stage but may have a peripheral impact on us um, but may have a more direct impact in the future um at the moment one of the things i'm doing is engaging with with the presidents of our parent colleges and discussing some aspects of, of this announcement and process with them um and we will be um starting as well also to engage more with other people who've been on this journey like kickham in australia and new zealand so so having made this announcement other people are, are now in a position where they're not only being asked for advice and information but it's actually coming to their mindset to say oh well you'll need to think about this you may may want to have considered this so it's already changing people's perceptions of us as we move nearer towards the the application uh, that we'll make to the Privy Council there will, there will need to be more again more clarity for the membership in the fellowship about the stages that we're at, what that means, the timescale, and um, so everybody understands and it and it's open. And then I don't know because we've never done this before, but I think it it'll look kind of like it's come overnight, but it, it won't have come because at some point you'll get Privy Council going, yes, go ahead. But it won't be like that. So we have to also make sure that in this timescale, the people who are our faculty know what's happening and what stage we're at and, and what we need to do next, because um, we don't want it to be a surprise.
2: i will going back to the individual. I think um, there are some things that aren't, you know, won't change. You're not going to see change. Um, on the basis of going from a faculty to a college, so you, know, you might say why change, but we, we've, I think we've covered that pretty much. I mean, the, there are some the things that won't change. I would hope would be like professional standards and how we set professional standards. That those um, shouldn't change, and that they're, they're set by a com- you know, Gpix is set by a combination of us as the faculty and the Intensive Care Society in a professional, or, you know, prof- agreeing professional standards. So that 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 won't change. I think people would be worried about finance. So, is this going to cost me more to get the same thing? And I think that's—I mean, I mentioned finance, and I think that's important to get that right. Um, some college, but some, well, some colleges—you have to pay an awful lot more than we do at the moment. We just need to be very careful about making sure that we don't go to a situation where becoming a college means that you have a tripling of fees, for example, for no obvious gain. That, that's that's not where it, 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 it won't be going down that route you know you need to be uh, value for money especially now uh is um you know absolutely crucial
1: I mean I would hope one of the things that that would change on this journey and it's something that's really dear to my heart is I would hope that other people's perception of the faculty changes as we go on this journey. I hear so many times the faculty, people talk about the faculty as if it's a place, as if it's a, 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 an indeterminate thing, like it's some autom- automaton. It's not a group of people who are working for it and with it and and, and trying to do the best for the profession. You know, it, it 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 it's a faceless autocrat, I think, is 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 how I hear some people describe it. That's not what the faculty is to me. And I would really like to know what the faculty is to other people and how they would like it to be and what that college that they would like that we're building to be so so that we can work along this way of of understanding better what other people want and how they perceive us and we can perhaps change some perceptions of what it means to be a member of of a faculty and therefore a college. Um, It isn't about ego, it isn't about being more important, although we've talked about all those things and saying, well, that externality really does matter. It matters because if we're going to do what the profession wants and our patients need, we have to be in a certain way we have to be presented in a certain way we have to deal with people in a certain way but we we need to make sure that ultimately at our heart we are an organization that is representing and listening to the the voices of its fellows and members and that we want our fellows and members to be proud of being part of our organization if you're not proud to be an intensivist and proud to be in the faculty and the future college of intensive care medicine to me that that's absolutely really sad because we we don't want that you know it, you're in a profession you should feel that, that that it you are doing good
0: appreciating you may not be able to give a firm answer to this but i just wondered what if you had any idea about what the, what the overall time scale for this process may 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 look like or is it just is it just it's it's however long it takes
1: i i am not i'm not dissembling when i say the key thing is the engagement and that will tell us where to go because if you actually looked at this in any scientific terms i don't know how long jack will know that how long it took the surgeons to go from the barbers so we're talking hundreds of years for them we know the royal college of anesthetists took 50 60 years to get away from from the college of surgeons we know that archem took 20 years to to come so you might say well we've gone from hundreds to tens to small numbers of tens that that maybe time is getting quicker and that you know it will therefore we're not going to make people wait 20 years but honestly without that degree of engagement I don't think we know it's not going to be 18 months I have to be realistic because we're going to have to do the engagement and everything so so I you know it's going to be in people's working lifetimes that you know if you're in training it, we have to make it come to a situation where you see this come to fruition you know it, it can't be can't be something that that you you see out to retirement but we don't. We don't know the time, the exact timescale, and that's why we've not put anything on it. But yeah, well,
2: I think it's that um, you know, if if it's precipitous, and that uh, it, it, in terms of months, then the, the likelihood is that the, the ex, it's going to be more expensive, uh, and, and that's that won't, that's detrimental to. Uh, well, I, th- I think that would be detrimental to the process and the, and the outcome. Uh, uh, so I I. We, we need to be steady about this and think it through in it, it, it properly I mean I think it's you know the intensive care society is over 50 years old that this isn't something that's the, the special I I don't have concerns about we, we the specialty of intensive care has definitely reached the maturity point uh, of doing it um the but the processes have got to catch up with that so that's the the faculty's 12 years old we need to go through get these processes right and I think some time and some patience on that uh, so it's going to be years rather than months um uh but but the, the sort of mindset the, the 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 process of the specialty growing up and moving from being a stroppy adolescent to being an adult uh is uh are there I think that's that I think that's the I think that's the key issue actually but you know, we're having to look at what does a college, in the 21st century, what does a college give to its members? What does a professional organization give to its members? And that's, um, it's quite difficult to actually define that. I mean, you get your post nominals, but as Danny said, you've, you've got to be proud, the pride in what you're, of being a member of that organization. It's difficult to put a price tag on, but it's absolutely crucial. So we, we need, uh, people who are doing intensive care to still want to be a member of 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 a faculty or the college that's that's um you know absolutely crucial and there are many i mean most intensivists or uh, well, many many of us could be members of different colleges if we seek to but when you start looking at uh your list of colleges you think well god do i really want to be a, what, what's that college giving me and what's that college giving me um, and we need to be able to say, well, look, actually, yes, intensive care is my specialty. That's where I feel at home, and that's where I want to. That's where I want um, to spend my to spend uh, my money on being a on being a member of it.
1: I mean that that's so true. The home thing. We we are the home because because whichever way you look at it. <laughs> We are the statutory organisation. We are the training organisation. We deal with the GMC, everything. So once there was the recognition from the GMC that we had to be an independent specialty, there was no going back then. We are what we are. So we can't go away. We can't not think about this. And as Jack says, we can't even say, well, we just carry on doing what we're doing. It's fine because that doesn't address the issues of the future. So it's inevitable that we have to do this and it's inevitable we have to go down this road and it's inevitable that it's only us that can do this because we are the statutory organisation. But we, we have to then say within that, that there isn't the arrogance that says, well, we can only do this, therefore you know, we'll decide how we should do this. It's a, it is really about saying, what does it take what do you need to feel proud to be an intensivist in a college of intensive care medicine and what should we be working on to deliver for you that means that that's that's what that's what you want and need
2: the board our board has a patient representation on it and actually it's it's um i mean it seems crazy but it it that previously boards didn't have patient representation on them and more and more meetings now have a patient representative on there. And actually, when you, um, I, I think people want to be looked after by an intensivist and it, um, and that, and with that, and, th- and then there are the reasons why that, why that is, and it's all then about, uh, uh, standards of care, uh, professionalization. Do you feel like you're does, do you feel like you, or do you feel like your mother or father or child is receiving the best care possible? It then comes down to: Can we deliver that? Does the college provide that better than, or does growing up into a college provide that better? And um, I think that that is a core aim of the, of of the specialty is to provide better care for patients. And we and we, uh, I know Danny. This always comes uh, comes up as actually this is our primary aim, and um, the the college status is one part of that. Uh, that influence um that professionalization is around about us as a specialty providing the best possible care that we can and we and we and we, we don't lose sight of that when we're the, you think well the board's discussing all these things but actually that that does come up uh frequently and actually we are brought back to um, often brought back to it by our patient representative and um or on board uh, and um Yes, that's just such an important part part of it.
1: I'm i just gonna add one more thing if I can, because I, I totally um understand where you're coming from with that. And that it goes back to that idea of identity and belonging again and how you see yourself. And and I think there are ways of framing this that I don't think are helpful, N- namely you're this or you're that in a very binary way. And I don't see it like that. I think people can wear Professional identities can wear different identities, um, can have different perceptions of themselves depending on the time and the circumstances, and they they can they can all coexist very comfortably within an individual. But at a certain time, or in a certain environment, or in a certain place, there has to be a uniform identity that individuals can all sign up to, and that that patients and the public can recognise, and and that is. description of the intensivist you might be other things as well but you are also an an intensivist and it's standing up and saying i am an an intensivist i will belong to a college of intensive care medicine in the future whatever its name becomes you know i will be belong to that in the future and this will be my role when i when i'm working in this specialty that's really important and patients want that our patient rep tells us that that's how they determine things like expertise and and you know professionalism qualifications they're they're all important but it's actually that identification I'm seeing the I'm seeing the renal doctor I'm I'm, you know I'm seeing the surgeon or whatever those are the things that, that are really important to patients and the public
0: yeah, and I think that's certainly something I find just within just within normal day-to-day practice that, that actually I, I think from, from hearing the two of you speak, I think it's something which would be fantastic to, to change because a lot of the time when I go and see a patient and I tell them I'm from intensive care, you often walk away and they and the patient thinks they've seen the anaesthetist. Anesthetics and intensive care are still very intimately. Joined in the in the perception. I know from a from a trainee perspective, particularly from a non-anesthetic background, that knowing that there's there's this work that pushes intensive care more in the in the public mindset and as an individual identity, I think is a, an incredibly important thing to thing to be thing to be doing. And I think it will really resonate with particularly with with trainee with trainees knowing that. you've got some really enthusiastic people really wanting to push that professional identity um, of of intensive care.
1: Can I just add one more thing as well because I think going with that is the fact that if you're an ACCP or a pharmacist or any of the other, a nurse, any of the other professional groups that work in intensive care, the concept until now has been you work in that place and actually what's going to be really important is this idea of saying no we are a professional group that works in this specialty, we contribute to this specialty. So you can be an ACCP and, and an intensivist. You can be a pharmacist and an intensivist. You can be a doctor and an intensivist. And I think that kind of ability to recognise the fact that it's it's more than a place is going to be really important.
2: I said at the beginning, I chaired a small specialist uh, units advisory group, and, there, and there is, there's fear there um about well what's it what what would this do yeah and a lot a lot of people are struggling with staffing and I do, I think changing uh, your Staffing units and that's um even harder in certain regions of the country certain units uh, the small and specialist units have a have it particularly difficult in it's particularly difficult going from a faculty to a college isn't going to change that crisis in Staffing that's um it, 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 well, it won't certainly won't make it worse the big the thing that will make the most difference is more training numbers and i think becoming a college will help with driving our training numbers um and then the, there's a, there's this idea that well we can't staff things now what you know what are we going to what's what can we can we do about it and it's again it's 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 i think it's this confusion that we're seeing an outcome at a point in time but actually the, it's a process again that we we you can't just say well it's not going to work and throw it away because we haven't got enough staff now we've got to increase the number of staff but uh, uh, as the solution uh and um I think these changing perceptions of intensive care changing perceptions of intensivists um changing our influence improving our influence those all go towards helping staffing in future they don't they they're not going to make it worse which um I think a lot of I mean a lot of people are really you know are struggling a lot and we recognize that recognize that through the small through, through swag and we recognize that at board level um uh, and you know we are working to change that and I think we do need in you know, sort of reciprocally we need people in the smaller units and the some units to recognize that actually an intensivist is an intensivist whether they're an anaesthetist or not as well or whether they've got a respiratory background. So we need to be much more flexible around putting intensivists into hospitals, uh, whether that's small unit or a big unit. We need to recognise that the important part is the intensive care part. We need to design jobs around that. And actually, I, I, I truly believe that college
0: status helps that, actually. Will this change trainee recruitment um, in any way?
2: Well, I think it's the as I said, it's a it's a comp, it's a competition uh, for NTNs. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't, I had no idea about this when I was training. I mean, it didn't seem to be, it was it bore sort of no relevance to me at the time. But you know, when you're doing it now, you compete uh, in HEE, so Health Education England, or in the reciprocal organisations in Wales, Scotland, and Northern Ireland. You're competing with your specialties, other specialties. For the training numbers and there are political drivers there that um you know that are set by the governments um about where they where they want more specialty trainees so for example scotland recently have done a fantastic job they've made a great argument over a number of years we've done a work workforce review and they've increased their number of, of uh, training numbers significantly i think the 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 college status is around you know status and influence and and you'd hope that that would increase our ability to increase the number of trainees and our, once a trainee's in place with us our, our retention is extremely good i mean there are some fantastic college tutors out there uh fantastic education going on going on um and, and it's a fantastic specialty <laughs> i mean um, i mean um you know i've well, Danny and I have been doing it for, uh, well, a long time, and, I, and we wouldn't, we didn't have to stay in it. We could do something, you know, could have done a diff, something else, but it's a fantastic specialty to work in. Despite everything, it's a fantastic specialty to work in. If we can make the argument for increasing our NTN numbers, that's the key to our better recruitment. I don't think, well, we need to be constantly aware of uh, training, examinations, and job opportunities. but. Uh, there's no shortage of job opportunities when you come out at the end we've working hard on the examinations um, and they've done a, the, that examination group have done a fantastic job and we need to constantly make this argument for increasing training numbers
1: and if you look at outside doctors in training you know even the GMC itself recognizes that, that you know the, the fastest growing groups coming into healthcare in, in or medical healthcare in, in the UK are SA SAS and, and LEGS and they're coming from IMGs as well, particularly. So we need to be doing more around looking looking at those career paths, looking at what's needed to support those those doctors coming in to work in the specialty. And again, as a college that's often much easier because you're liaising with counterpart organisations overseas or liaising directly you're not perceived as bringing people f- just exclusively from a particular background it just makes it so much easier uh, when you when you're dealing as the single organisation rather than as an organisation that's that's cross or cross covered by several other organisations So I think we can capitalize on on the the demographic changes at the same time as campaigning for for more medical recruitment numbers. And then, if you look at the other professional groups that are working within intensive care medicine, you know we've had in the Faculty huge success with the ACCP group and again it's about training a group of professionals to work within. The, the critical care environment and that makes those again those no, negotiations much easier when people understand that it, that it's it's again it's a, it's a separate organization they're dealing with um, it is all about the externality and how people perceive it and who they who they perceive they're working with and and that makes things much easier
2: yeah i think i mean dan you raise a, a, a you know great point about uh, imgs and the caesar process medical training initiative um, um i mean on in the recruitment uh generally we've been so fortunate to have um tim meekings leading it and and then liz thomas in due course both on uh liz is on board we'll, we'll take over that process from tim in due course and then the caesar process we have a uh, caesar group and um uh sarah clark also on the board um and shashi i mean shashi's done a massive he's fun, he works up in the northwest Done a huge amount for international medical graduates and the caesar process so uh that 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 method of coming into the specialty we need we do need to support people a lot better there and we that's something that we've done a lot um you know more and more work on over the last Danny alluded to differential attainment in recruitment and we we've um based on Characteristics, and we've just published on that. Actually, we shouldn't be complacent, but that report is quite is encouraging. There's we need to be very careful about how about recruitment and make sure it's
0: as fair as it possibly can be. Do you think it's becoming part of a, a college that the way trainees enter intensive care medicine may may change? So obviously, currently we you you apply at sort of st3 and above level so in case anybody is listening who doesn't understand that so generally you come out to medical school you have your first two years of foundation training and then three years of specialty training in another specialty which would be from emergency medicine general medicine um or or anaesthetics and then you would apply to do intensive care and you may train alongside another specialty or just do intensive care um, only which is what which is what I am doing from an emergency medicine background Um, do you think that becoming a college may change that and that intensive care may say well we welcome our dive and it's a very positive thing for the specialist to have this diverse background of people coming in but is there a need to perhaps have people coming from a from a dedicated core training program into intensive care
1: Yeah, I think it's a really, really interesting question because most of the specialties have their own core program, don't they? And there has been the view very much that, which I still subscribe to, that the plurality of entry to intensive care medicine is one of our strengths. And the fact that we are training in medicine doctors from so many different backgrounds in the intensive care medicine environment is not only good for the recruitment to our specialty, but is good for patients in the rest of the hospital so people can understand what goes on in our magic building or magic space. But, but and I think the ACCS program has served as well in, in terms of, 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 of being an additional route of entry in, into, into ICM. Do I think that we will be revisiting that in the future? I suspect we will be revisiting that in the future because it's inevitable. Does it mean that in the part of the work that the faculty is doing towards you know, the, becoming an independent college, we're looking at a core programme? Not at the moment, because to us that's not our core business at the moment, and we are still very much business as usual. The faculty is still focused on doing what the faculty does at the moment, and nobody is saying to us that the routes of entry into ICM that we have currently aren't working in terms of giving giving us the, the, the plurality and the type of consultants that the service needs. But you, you're going to have to say never say never, aren't you, because you, you, otherwise you're, you know, how could you predict what ICM will look like in 50 years? I, I don't think I can. So I don't think that that discussion is is put to bed forever by becoming a college, nor do I think it's essential for us to become a college that we have a core programme. I think it will be revisited at some point in the future.
2: Yeah, I think it's I mean, I think it's really interesting because some countries have obviously have gone down that route. Um, and actually, the, the reason why we hear about it is when they come to the UK to work in the UK. So, for example, um, I've worked with a brilliant doctor from Brazil. He went straight into uh, intensive care post uh, um, as soon as he finished training. And that actually makes it harder for him when he comes here to then um to uh get it look well, the caesar process is harder for him as a consequence of that and I, that's the same for some uh, i think egypt's the same so we have had have had this question raised in the uh, in the faculty around is there something we could do to change the process for people who from countries where they go straight into intensive care medicine from medical school and i um, mean the answer to that is it's got to be fair um for UK trainees and um, we can't just adapt it just such that um those who've gone straight in um from other countries uh, it gives them an easier route in so that those things are considered but they're not dependent on uh, they're independent of the of the drive for college status the influence of trainees makes a big difference there I think that's important i don't think i think it's important that trainees don't think that they don't have a voice in it's or it's not listened to it it, it 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 is important to get your voice out there it's very important i think having you know having representation of trainees we've had Cat, and now we have matt on the faculty board they've made a that makes a big big difference having that voice there and i know the elections are coming up so it's it's just actually really important role
1: can we get a plug-in? I don't know when. I don't know when the closing yeah. date is, but we need to get a plug-in for that, don't we? Come and be on the faculty board.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, this will go out after the the application, oh. application date. Um, unfortunately, okay. Um, well, I think the next sort of professional group that we've we've alluded we've alluded to is our allied healthcare professionals, um, which obviously include ACCPs, physios, um, pharmacists, of a, an enormous Number of, of people who feed into intensive care and you know, and are intensivists within their own right. So, does becoming a college have an impact on, on them as professional groups?
1: I think at the moment, we're very much as a faculty a function of our parent colleges and how they're structured, and because um up until very recently it was medical doctors working in anaesthesia and again up until very recently it was medical doctors working in 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 the college of physicians both of them have now set up faculties for physicians assistants and anaesthesia associates we've as a faculty gone further down that route much earlier in terms of bringing in the accp role and latterly we've had pharmacists um, um, able to come and join the faculty and i think one of the things as, as part of this engagement that we do need to have and consider is is identify what does a modern college look like in terms of who 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 wants to be involved and associated with a modern college. And, and do those other groups feel that that a, a modern college is a home for them or not, so I think it would be entirely reasonable to ask those questions as part of this process and say is, is a college just for particular groups of individuals, or is, is, it, is it for all of the people uh, of different professional backgrounds who work in that specialty? I don't want to prejudge what people will feel and what, what, what their, their views are, but I think just because we've done things a certain way in the past, that again is a function of, of where we've come from and the, the role of our parent colleges and who they've had within them. That doesn't mean to say going forward being a progressive college of the future, we have to continue to do what we've done in the past.
2: Yeah, I I mean, the the sort of ACCPs for us, uh, for for intensive care, I mean, uh, Anna Batchelor, the previous dean, uh, always sees, you know, often says, you know, this is probably her proudest achievement within critical care is is, is, uh, going down the route of developing the ACCP program and that I mean that program is becoming more standard the training is becoming more and more standardized I mean essentially it's professionalized and um so standardization of, and recognition of, of that training process I mean, pharmacies slightly is, is 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 relatively recent um onto uh, the faculty um and I think that, that I mean we at work we all know how important the pharmacist is and i think developing that role in the faculty and, and increasing the number of pharmacists is 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 very important and um, and i know uh, you know Danny's very keen on the the, the, the safe we need to the, the I mean, there's a key issue around safety at work um and the safety bulletin and bringing the safety bulletin updating the safety bulletin such that that becomes um uh more useful for people on a regular basis, and pharmacy is absolutely crucial to that. Pharma, pharmacists are absolutely crucial to the to safety. Uh, it you know we all know that at work, and there's more that we can do uh, around that. Again, I don't think that's really dependent on whether we're a faculty or college directly, but the influence is important, and how pharmacists see themselves or how ACCPs see themselves as individuals sitting within. Uh, a college would be what well, it would and is very important so when we talk about engagement it's not just engagement of consultants and trainees it's engagement across the, across the whole spectrum of of what of, of, of who's represented by the faculty
1: i mean i don't i suspect many listeners will not know that the, the faculty um has had what's called a critical care leadership forum that's been in existence since the inception and and we run that as a means of engaging with all the other professional groups and stakeholders in intensive care medicine so in in england that includes the networks it will include the nursing organizations it includes all the um membership organizations in intensive care medicine across all four nations and and like it's going to be a really important part of this engagement process is to actually ask them how how do they want to engage with the future college what does that relationship look like for them um and and get a strong steer from them as as to what they would envisage us being in the future um it's not as simple as you know do people become members or not become members do you let people be fellows not fellow what membership categories you create because i think some people might want that some people may threaten feel threatened by that it's more around saying we already have these things in existence but how do they envisage their relationship with us changing or staying the same going forward and that's going to be an important part of of looking at looking at what a future college looks like
0: because it's very early it may not be something that is possible to really give an answer to but because becoming a college allows for increased self self self-governance outside of sitting within the the Royal College of of anaesthetists. So do you, are you able to say at this point at all as to what the, what that self-governance looks, looks like from the, from, from within?
1: Um, I could certainly say what, what would change in terms of governance. And I think one of the things at the moment is The Royal College of Anesthetists is our parent college. So when we want to make any changes to our own organisational structures and governance, we obviously will do that within the faculty. But because they are our parent organisation, we then go to the Royal College of Anesthetists for them to look at the changes we want to make because they have to be responsible for us at the moment, which brings in an additional layer of bureaucracy that perhaps as an in, you know as an independent college we wouldn't need to have and obviously if it impacts on very many other colleges we have to go through consultation and engagement with some of those other colleges as well so that sort of additional step when we're self-governing is is removed and that allows us again to look at our own ordinances and and look at how we organize ourselves for the future based on what we need and not perhaps based on what our parents think we need because as jack has already said our parents will look at it from their perspective they'll look at it as the you know as the parent colleges not unreasonably their frame of reference is what they know and understand and operate with and if we're an independent college we create our own governance structures and we we have our own frame of reference that will mean that some of the things that that people may say, well, you've not done, why are you not like this? We might in the future be be more agile around doing that. But I I would just take a slight caveat and say changing governance within any statutory organisation, any organisation that has a legal responsibility is never quick. So those of you that are in the Royal College of Anisys will know that they are going through their process of governance change um, at the moment um and some of the other colleges have had similar um lengthy time scales in terms of governance change but it's about owning your own decisions and perhaps removing that that additional layer of 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 administrative uh, bureaucracy that you wouldn't necessarily need if you were an, an independent college
2: yeah i think i mean i i agree with, with you know daniel on this i mean the we're quite unwieldy at the moment and that's not governed by us actually um uh and so i think that we could be more agile or we would have more versatility if we're self-governing but but when i was a younger consultant i didn't really understand how um who governs what and so some of the things it wouldn't change it, it, it becoming a college so we still sit within a governance structure that's not set by being a college it's set um, by forces outside of that and that's not going to change so things like the gmc or nhs e uh, nhs england or nhs wales or scotland they have their own structures within uh, that we would all sit in we all sit all the colleges sit in that um uh legal legal frameworks uh, so they, that wouldn't really that that's not going to change as a result of us becoming a college we just sit on an equal footing with the other colleges, then. So I think, uh, but we, I think that there are advantages in being smaller and more versatile. And I, mean, I think trainees, there's that idea that God, why can't you just get on with doing something? You know, why can't you be, why can't you be quicker about something? Well, actually, we can't sometimes. Why can't you that thing? Why can't you just increase national training numbers? Well, we can't because it's not governed by us. Uh, so we get, we get. Or, or the examinations, we can get we sort of shoulder the blame for something which actually doesn't lie within our control. Um, and um, I mean, that's quite frustr actually uh, sort of on a board level, that's actually quite frustrating. We just have to under but we have to understand it, accept it, and, and you know that, that suck it up. That's what we're the, you know that's what we're there for actually. But um, it, you know, it can be frustrating.